Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. Oh, it's the calm before the storm. Week number 12 of the college football season. Welcome to college football today. Brought to you by Bet DSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. Going to take you through for the next three hours. Best bets, top 25 analysis. Doesn't get better than this. Gentlemen, not the best slate of college football action today, but you never know. These are the weekends, Rich, where possible upsets can be made. You know, this has happened a lot in the past. I mean, November is pressure time. This is it. It's the week before rivalry week. We know that everybody's, you know, the five or six, seven teams competing for the playoffs. Now the pressure is at an all-time high. So if there's going to be an upset, and it's going to take some major upsets because all of the favorites are favored by three, four touchdowns. We're not even talking about seven-point games outside of Notre Dame, still double digits. So a lot of heavy favorites this weekend, but a couple of things to keep in mind. One, this is when upsets happen. And two, forget the playoffs for a second. There's a lot of great games to bet today. Yeah, there are. And Gabe, that's what I wanted to talk about. A lot of line movement in some of these games. We've also seen the number five. We talked about it earlier in the week across the landscape. I mean, the teams just littered. USC opened as a five-point favorite. West Virginia as a five-point favorite. Missouri as a five-point favorite. We've seen this lines move a little bit, but uh, it leads me to believe that these are a lot of evenly matched games heading into week number 12. Well, we're getting into the rivalry uh, part uh, of the campaign as well. And if you noticed earlier in the week, a lot of underdogs were cashing. And I'll tell you what, Joe, the number five is a key as well. Listen, all the all the big games, the the national championship implication games, they go down next week. Uh, but Joe mentioned uh, the number five. What I find intriguing about this week, a lot of teams with five wins, guys. Yeah, uh, desperate for bowl bids. Looking at their schedule, you know, look at Miami of Ohio this week. Going in there, lo- knowing that they have Ball State at home next week to get to six. Hey, guys, it's steep hill to climb. If we can win here against Northern Illinois, they do. I love watching these teams come together. You know, we've only won three games early, but we're not quitting on the season. And it carries over to next year. I remember last year, the Buffalo Bulls were a three-win team. They they won three games down the stretch. They got to six. They didn't get an invite. But it carried over into this year. So something that I, I enjoy watching at this uh, time of the year. Uh, but these games are tricky right now. And... I generally think a lot of these teams sort of punch uh, punch up and over their weight at this time of the year. Even disappointing teams. You know, I just love these, you know, the last home games, right? <laughs> the last home games for a lot of kids, you almost throw out the record. They, they play above their body weight. Yeah, and when you look at, I guess, the competitive nature of some of these games, I mean, not marquee matchups. We saw the top 10 teams win last week for the first time since 2007. A little bit of anticlimactic uh, results, but I, I think we're going to see great matchups today. I mean, TCU-Baylor. Baylor fighting to become that's one of those. That's one of those five-win yeah. teams. Yeah. You know what? Quite frankly, it kind of sucks. They they took away a lot of this drama. Everybody sets up the, you know, the quote-unquote exhibitions. 
Look at the SEC slate this week. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, you know, I made all, okay, you got the Citadels, and I can't even keep up. I don't care. I just sort of glanced over a lot of these Auburn games. Liberty, yeah. You know, UMass Georgia. UMass Georgia. Yeah, yeah, at this time of the year, really, you know, this, this is where this is where we're at right now. So it, it Yeah, I prefer these games in September. It's I hard mean, to call and, upsets. That's what I'm saying. It's hard yeah. for us to sit here and call yeah. upsets. Citadel ain't beating Alabama guys. If they did, it would be the biggest upset in that uh, would be college fun. football yeah, that, history. That would trump what? Well, Old Dominion, Ab- Virginia Ab- Tech, App State. It'd, it'd, it'd be Michigan, the biggest yeah. upset in sports history. Yeah. It would be. Sports history. Fifty one point dog. Would that be Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson? Well, it's interesting. It's funny you say that. Well, that was uh, forty two to one. Right. Uh, Mike Tyson was a forty two to one favorite. You know, I'd say you know, what's the biggest upset? In sports history. Well, uh, spread-wise, uh, from a power five would be Stanford. Le- Lester Jim- winning the EPL in soccer. Stanford, I know it's across right. the pond, but they were like 5,000 to one. Stanford and, and Jim Harbaugh in 2007. Yeah, but like, that's not biggest. 40, they, they were 42-point underdogs to USC. Yeah, no, that that's massive. I, I was going to say miracle on ice. I'm just thinking, yeah, but right. Citadel's not winning today, but... These are the weeks this stuff happens, right? The Doug yeah. Flutie's. Well, uh, you get a little tight. in the world. You get a little tight. You know, maybe, maybe you lose focus. You know, Michigan's got Ohio State next right. weekend, right? Uh, well, all like all the rivalry games. Game. I don't yeah. want to give my picks away just out <laughs> of the top two minutes here, but but you got to look ahead. I, mean, I was at Michigan's game last week, and you could you could clearly tell there 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 was a lot of rotating. Um, you know, they're they're not showing very much on offense right now. You think that you know they're going to have Shea Patterson, you know, running running around, and they're going to be uh, giving away their best plays it's right now. It's all about Ohio State. It's no, all about Ohio this State. This is right the last now, scrimmage right now. There's the you know the finish line. Yep. is as that is at the end. They don't want to get anybody hurt. I think Michigan get up by 17-21 today. Mm-hmm. Just start pounding the football and try to get that clock ticking. The more plays, sort of like when you're at the casino, there's a reason why they go fast. The more hands that they deal, the better chance you have losing money. Harbaugh knows the more plays we run, the yeah. more bad things can happen. Run the ball, tick, 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 tick. Let's get out of here. Yeah, and Indiana's played Michigan very tough. Over they really the have over the last over couple of years. Three straight years, years they played yeah. them tough. Yeah, well, one, one matchup that's been close over the last few years has been West Virginia and Oklahoma State, Will Greer and West Virginia. That's, that's one of the fun ones this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they have an opportunity, obviously, to run the table. They have that mich- uh, game with o- Oklahoma next week uh, in Morgantown. That's going to be a dynamic atmosphere. But this is a team in Oklahoma State that has won three straight over mm-hmm. West Virginia by seven points per game. They lost two very close games. I mean, went for two last week against Oklahoma, didn't get it done. But this this could be a live dog here. I like Oklahoma oh, yeah. State here. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll take West Virginia, but cautiously. This is a game I wouldn't bet. It could go either way. West Virginia is the better team. Both teams are potent offensively. Yeah. West Virginia's got the better defense. A lot Oklahoma of State to be laying on the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've seen Rich Oklahoma State are capable of sort of being flat, but they're also capable of stepping oh, big up time. on their home field like they did against Texas. Big time. I sort of get the feeling this is whoever has the ball last wild football game. And, and this is another one of those five and five teams, which I'm glad you brought up because this is the mindset this weekend and next weekend. What we're going to talk a lot about is there are programs that want that additional yep. game. And at five and five or four and six oh, at this on. point. You know how important this is to a team like Baylor and Matt Rule today? Oh, enormous. Massive. How about, how about Minnesota and P.J. Fleck? Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, I mean, those teams, Tennessee. How badly Tennessee, does massive. how badly does Jeremy Pruitt want slash need they those need, additional yeah. fifteen practices in that game? So I that's took a what, couple of calls about that game this week, guys, and uh, or you know messages and today's calls, whatever tw- tweets, etc. Everyone says the same thing. 
How come Tennessee keeps starting that quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Well, he hasn't he hasn't thrown a pick in I no, think but now it's starting to come together for yeah. them right Garantano, now. I think, yeah. is 11 touchdowns, yeah. no picks right. since yep. since the yeah, Florida since game. like 120 yeah. passing attempts. Something attempt, clicked so. for the midseason. I, I like watching these programs start. To I, do too. Yeah. I do, too. I do, too. We're seeing it with as well. I totally Nebraska agree. embarrassing yeah. themselves on a weekly basis. Now, this is another team that's going to come running out of that tunnel today. Yep. Fired up. Forget about the three wins on the board. It's a massive football game for Frost and the Huskers. They, they lost their opener when they gave them the key to the state. They want this game bad. I'm taking Nebraska to be a, a gassed Michigan State. There are certain teams that you have to completely erase what happened in September. You can't look at the numbers. can't look at the film. You have to really evaluate this team on what they've looked like over the last yeah. three or four weeks. Nebraska's a good example. Oklahoma State is one of those teams I can't figure out yeah, because they've been so down, up and yeah. down. I can't figure out. West Virginia's the better team, but on the road laying points, I would say be, be very cautious. Here, here's the issue, too. How much does Oklahoma play into this game? Because yeah. they're in Oklahoma State's head after last week's gut-wrenching loss, two-point conversion fails, and then West Virginia is thinking ahead to Oklahoma Friday night when the Sooners visit for what will decide you know, a spot in the Big 12 title game. So that is, uh, that's a huge factor. I like West Virginia very cautiously yeah. just because they have a better yeah, defense. Somebody, sorry, Joe, I'm just going to say, somebody in the chat, the guru, good call, says biggest upset, um, UMBC beating Virginia in, in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Was that a 116? Yeah, that was yes, a 116. 116. Yes, yes, yeah. So it can happen. I think from a watchability perspective, this is the week that you want to tune in. I mean, yes. last week we tuned in. We didn't get the results. You play the, the game for a reason. Something's yeah. going to happen out there. Yeah, one statistic that that I like that favors Oklahoma State. Last three games, 27 of 52 conversions on third down. That's 51%. They're going to need to keep Will Greer off on the sidelines. They're going to run the football with Taylor Cornelius and Justice Hill. They're averaging 194 yards on the ground, passing for 317 through the air. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be high scoring, 85 points. I'm picking 45-40 Oak State. Joe, how good have those Cowboy wide receivers been this year? Tylen Wallace, Tyron Johnson. You lose James Washington. McCleskey transfers midseason. You have Dylan Stoner coming back. But those two kids now have made themselves prospects for the NFL. With Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy, you're always going to have a potent offense. you got Justin Hill, uh, Justice Hill in the backfield. So this should be a wild up-and-down game as we start to look for. And then the other one, I know we'll get to it, Iowa State, Texas could decide the other spot. That's going to be a lower scoring game. Yeah, you never know. Though. Be, at least, yeah, I think, I think it goes know. over the forty six. Hey, though yeah. North, North Texas were nine zero and one to the under guys this year. I bet the under against FAU goes over. Yeah. Wow. Um, quickly about Oklahoma State though being an over machine. They really have been an over machine. Nine and three to the over in their last twelve conference games. Eleven and five to the over in their last sixteen football games. I would expect uh, there there to be look. We saw West Virginia and Texas get to 83 points. Don't tell me that uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma State ain't getting into the mid-80s well, as well, like you just said. Le- last year, the score was 50-39, to 39, and Oklahoma State uh, did force turnovers against Will Greer. I mean, the one thing I think when, when you look at the game perspective, if West Virginia fall, falls behind in this matchup, they're gonna, they might get a little tight. You know, we need to win this game to get to Oklahoma. We need, they might press a little bit, and that's why I like Oklahoma State. Uh, again, I think it'll be high scoring, but they need to run the football to keep uh, Will Greer and the crew on the sidelines. We'll see how that game plays out. It is uh, a 3.30 kick in Stillwater. We'll turn our attention to a marquee matchup between Syracuse and Notre Dame. It's in Yankee Stadium. Syracuse are playing our- Notre Dame? 
<laughs> it's in our backyard. 230 where? kick, guys. Well, you know, there's this in South Bend. There are ND and Syracuse sweatshirts all oh, over New York City, city. on the trains, walking around the city. It's nice to see the Big Apple being sort of the heartbeat. You know, it's basically central station of college football for a change. I love it. Other than the Heisman. Now, we'll have the Heisman take center stage. Last week, we had Michigan in the area against Rutgers. So, two weeks in a row, the the metro uh, area has been a big part of the college football landscape. I love that. Love it. Hey, listen, what what a great matchup uh, today, guys. We were going to go to the game, uh, me and Joe, but... We're soft. Joe's like, it's pretty cold out there, Gabe. <laughs> Not like, yeah, in this weather. I'm still cold from last week in Piscataway. You haven't I, thawed out yet, huh? No, no, I really haven't. My hands are still cold, but nevertheless, I, I say I'm getting soft. Hey, man, what an atmosphere. You're from north of the border. You can't handle the cold? That's fine. I, I, you just sound like uh, somebody from Sarasota. It's cold and windy out there, all right? Yeah. No, we, we handled it. We handled it. Um, what an atmosphere. She should be over at Yankee Stadium. There's already a ton of Notre Dame fans in the city. And I notice this. I go to the sports book. I talk to sports fans. There's a lot of Yankee slash Notre Dame fans. You know how everything's correlated? Mets, Jets, you know, Yankees, Giants. There's Yankee Notre Dame. So much so that they combined the uniforms today, guys. Wow. Notre Dame's wearing pinstripe pants. Really? Wow. They're wearing Yankee pinstripe. Wow. That's pretty cool. And they have custom Yankee Notre Dame jerseys. Are they wearing like wingtip so cleats this, in, in honor of What's Wall amazing Street? about this is... Yankee fans thinks it, think it's great. You know, they want to buy it, the merchandise. Notre Dame fan, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, you've gone too far. And it's we a don't sellout. Even look like Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Notre Dame faithful think it's a complete sellout. We're wearing pinstripes, et cetera. But there are a ton of Notre Dame fans in here. And, of course, is there another university with many as many grads and alum as Syracuse in the New York City area? Probably not. So that's why the ticket price is so high. The atmosphere is going to be great in there. And hey, listen, man, Syracuse uh, have played with the big boys before. They beat Clemson last year. They played with Clemson this year. I just wonder if it's a trap because every handicapper I talk to, guys, I think it is like Syracuse. Yeah, I, dad, is this the game, Joe? That Notre Dame just punch him in the mouth? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I uh, it, it, last week a lot of a lot of Joe Public did great over the last couple of weeks. The majority and and consensus over the last couple of weeks in some of the bigger games has really come through. I think in this matchup... How's, yeah, duffel, how's the duffel bag uh, boy doing well, in Vegas? Duff, we spoke about it. Duffel bag boy, no more. He's got a couple I got to check. We'll check in couple, on Twitter. We always read left. about after. I'll, I'll check yes. in on Twitter. I, I know the Vegas accounts to, 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 uh, to follow. We'll see if we can get uh, Duffel Boys, uh, Duffel Bag Boys action today. See yes. if he, down he, might, he might not have action. Supposedly he bought out. But the one factor, I think, in, in when you look at this matchup with Syracuse, an offense that's averaging 216 on the ground, 266 through the air with Eric Dungy, their quarterback, they're a dome team. And, you know, they went into Death, they, they went into Death Valley, very, you know, acclimant weather, you know, to go in there and lose 27-23. But they're not used to playing. Now, they mm. played in the Pinstripe Bowl years ago when they faced K-State, but it's going to be cold. It's but it's be not windy. that cold. Yeah, but it's windy I mean, a out. a couple of days ago, there was a snowstorm, and I'm thinking, yeah. wow, is this, you know, is this going to have an 40, impact on yeah, football? Yeah, 40s for Syracuse, an indoor team, I, that would concern me. That's, That's the only chilly. concern I have. In it, and, and, and listen, it, it's not a running team. I mean, no. this is a, no. a an yeah. up-tempo, you know, Dino wants to run an up-tempo offense, move the ball through the air. I, I like the team that's more physical, the team that can play defense, the team that can run the ball. The game in the trenches when, is going to be won by When guys. Syracuse has struggled this year, what has happened? They yeah. could not stop the run, whether it was Pittsburgh or whether it was 
Travis Etienne late in the game against Clemson. I, I think this is a Dexter Williams type game. I don't know about the health of Ian Book. That would concern me. I mean, if he takes a couple of hits from Alton Robinson, that could be a problem for Notre Dame. I don't know how healthy those ribs are if they're really 100%. But I, I, I think this is Dexter Williams. I agree with you. But the weather, I'll state, it's sunny outside, inside Yankee Stadium. It's not a traditional football stadium. It won't be as windy. The stadium is packed. All right? You know, there's going to be a lot of drunk body heat in there. It's mm. not, you know, there's some stadiums in the Plains, like, you know, the Rutgers Stadium, man. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's just like the wind's howling. Yankee Stadium won't won't be, uh, it won't be, uh, I don't think, what I don't believe weather will be a factor in this game today. I really don't. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, here's the one thing. I think when you look at Syracuse's defense, they're giving up 266 through the air and holding opposing offenses to 169 rushing yards per game. So that's the way you have to attack Syracuse's over the top. The health of Book would scare me. If he's not 100% healthy, don't have a lot of confidence in Wimbush. No. If Syracuse get at him, can, you know, they, yeah, they, well, they have a decent pass rush. They've got some athletic they kids. Do. Yeah, yeah they do. I, I, think the, I think the thing for me is... They're undersized to me, Joe. That's the thing. Syracuse are undersized in a matchup like this. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it should be very intriguing. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jamie Heath from sportsbrokers.com. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back on College Football Today, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going to be with you for the next three hours. We're joined right now by Sports Brokers Vice President, Jamie Heath. There's three big games on tap. Jamie, how are you today? I'm great, Joe, and uh, how are you guys doing today? Uh, Doing well, doing well. Uh, Jamie, three big games today. Uh, marquee battle in Yankee Stadium between Syracuse and Notre Dame. How do you see this game playing out? This is the marquee game of the day, actually, today. And who would have thought it would be uh, Syracuse being the marquee uh, team to, to be uh, involved? This in the uh, Central Florida game, obviously the two big games today. Syracuse has really been remarkable this year. Dino Babers. If he wins today, probably he's up for coach of the year, I would say. Uh, Syracuse has really done nothing wrong this year. Their two losses, one was in Death Valley. They were winning that game pretty much. They had, they were toe-to-toe with Clemson. They, they ended up losing late in that game. They went toe-to-toe with Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. They lost an overtime game there as well. And at the time, Pittsburgh, that that loss didn't look so, so uh, great for them. But now Pittsburgh... 
obviously is a much better team than a lot of people thought. They gave Notre Dame all they could handle when they played them in South Bend. A lot of the same type of teams they've played against these two teams. Syracuse matched up in Wake Forest, beat them handily. So did Notre Dame. A lot of the similar type uh, situations with both of these teams. Syracuse has an up-tempo type style offense with a dual-threat quarterback in Dungy. He reminds me a lot of McSorley, the quarterback for Penn State. I love this kid. This, this, this team's really done nothing wrong. I know the game's outdoors. It's in Yankee Stadium. But like you guys were saying, the weather really isn't that bad. So Syracuse is catching a major break. I'm sure a lot of the kids that have played, that are on their, on their team, have played in cold weather. I'm sure a lot of them have been recruited from New York. So they're used to the cold weather. So it might not be that big a factor. I honestly really think Syracuse is the play in this game. I know the, game, the line's actually gone up. It's gone up as high as 10.5 now. I think this game's going to be a real close game. I love the way Syracuse has is, is been playing. Notre Dame, this is pretty much all, you know, they're all in on this game. I think the pressure's on them, obviously. They're, they're obviously the number three team in the playoffs right now. I know they're going to be pretty much relying on Dexter Williams in the run game. We don't know the status of Ian Book. He's going to play. Obviously, last week against Florida State, it was no problem. Wimbush, they destroyed Florida State. But look, Syracuse also de- destroyed Florida State. A lot of these, these teams have played a lot of the same teams, and they've pretty much done the same thing to each of these teams. They match up very well against each other, I think. So give me the 10.5 points with Syracuse. I really think this could be a possible upset, but I will take the 10.5. Jamie, I think what a lot of people don't realize also is, you know, Syracuse is out of the ACC running, but pull the upset here, and we're talking about a New Year's Six bowl game. I mean, there's a heck of a lot for Syracuse to play for. This could be the biggest bowl game for Syracuse in a a generation if they could uh, pull the upset in Yankee Stadium. Absolutely, Rich, and it, it, would, it would be some story because no one in a million years saw this coming. I mean, obviously, I thought this team was going to be way improved too, but I never thought they'd be this good. And yeah, if they do win today, you're looking at a, at a New Year's Six Bowl, and that would be great for Syracuse. What a what a story that would be! One thing that really, what's up, Jamie? What it's Marenzi? One thing that really stands out hey, here uh, to me is about Dino Babers is how he steps up in class. It's not an instance where, okay, you know, he wins football games, but when he plays good teams, we see that often in college football and in in pro football. There are a lot of coaches and a lot of teams will take care of business against subpar opponents. But, uh, you know, incredible record uh, here, 16-7. and Uh, 16-7 and against the spread, against uh, teams with a 600 or better winning percentage. He's 7-3 and against the spread. Uh, The last 10 times he's played against an undefeated team. You know, we've seen the matchups uh, with Clemson. One thing with Notre Dame, guys, I don't think Syracuse win this football game, okay? But I do believe that Notre Dame are such a public team and they're such a heavily bet team that the odds makers have their numbers just bang on. So I think it's going to be hovering around the number. We saw it with Northwestern when it landed on 10 and it was an exact push. I think we're going to see a similar situation here where Notre Dame is up, but Syracuse is going to be seriously playing for the cover. Hey, hey, man, if, if this game comes down to the wire, we're going to have a real classic here. But I think Syracuse are always going to be within striking distance. I think they can cover the number, and there should be some points put up on the board uh, today as well. Yeah, you know, you know, Gabe, you mentioned uh, Dino Babers is 7-3 and three against the spread against unbeaten teams. He's actually 7-3, and three, but he's also won four of those games outright. So yep, yep. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame really needs to be on watch in this game. I really feel that Syracuse is going to give them all they can handle. I love the way this team's been playing all season. Even in their two losses, they were pretty much winning those games. They they ended up losing late, obviously. Well, over remember remember Pitt, and- Pitt gave them all they can handle, a five-point game, right? And as you stated, these a lot of people sort of act like Syracuse. 
are, and I said it to Joe earlier, and I told you, Joe, I said, you know, my concern is maybe the Qs are a little bit undersized. And they are, you know, and they've gotten bigger. They used to look like a high school team defensively. Their front, their front, their front four is actually uh, pretty stout. They're, yeah, they're yeah. actually pretty they've good in bigger. the front four. They're, they've gotten bigger, if you, if you're gonna, and they've got some athletes. But, you know, they, yeah. they've matched up well against elite, uh, elite teams. Notre Dame are better than they are. Let's not kid ourselves. But I just think the numbers are too high. Notre Dame are such a, a public team that you're, their numbers are overinflated. That's the best way of putting it, guys. Notre Dame should probably be a seven-point favorite, not a 10, 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that's the long, I, long-winded I, I, uh, way I agree. to put it. <laughs> Jamie, yeah, before that's... we get into the next game, we know you have a special package on tap for everybody watching today. Why don't you tell fans what they can pick up if they give you a call? You got it, Joe. Uh, today we have our underdog game of the year. Now, this game, we really love so much that this game's not only going to cover, but they're going to actually win on the field today. We love this game. It's so strong. We want all you callers out there to, to give us a call. 1-800-220-6262 or visit our website. Join our website, thesportsbrokers.com. We turn outcomes into incomes. And like I was telling you, we got a monster, monster underdog. It's our underdog of the year. This game's going to win outright on the field. I actually think the Big 12 has the best slate of action today. Three big games. One of them is West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State sitting at 5-5 five and five overall, but they seem to just play exciting football games. How do you see this game playing out in Stillwater at 3.30? Well, you know something, Joe? I'm, I'm going to call this game the Oklahoma Syndrome for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, every time they play Oklahoma, which is obviously their main rival, it's Bedlam. Last week, they laid it all on the line. They really could have won that game, maybe should have won that game if it wasn't for the field goal kicker missing an extra point, missing a field goal. They play toe-to-toe with, with uh, one of the best offenses there is in college football. But their stat, I have a stat for you. Oklahoma State is 0-6 against the spread after playing Oklahoma. So, obviously, that doesn't bode well for them today. West Virginia has revenge on their minds after losing to to Oklahoma State last year at home. They got beat 50-39 in a shootout last last year. I see a ton of points being scored again this week. I'm not impressed with Oklahoma State's defense whatsoever. I love the fact that uh, West Virginia right now is on a roll. They destroyed TCU. They did what they were supposed to do last week. Two weeks ago, they had a a great game against Texas in Texas. That was one of the best games of the year. I love the fact that Holgerson went for it on two in that spot, and they made it. I I really think West Virginia is heading in the right direction. I know they have a look-ahead game against the Sooners next week in Morgantown. But I really, this is one of the games I really, really love today. I love West Virginia in this game. And the line's actually gone up from four and a half to six and a half. I do see a lot of points as well. But give me, give me West Virginia. Give me the quarterback. Uh, give me Greer. Give me those receivers. And I think West Virginia just plays a little bit better defense, obviously, than Oklahoma State. So I, lo- I love the, the Mountaineers in this spot. Jamie, uh, you touched on UCF. I'm going to turn to the uh, to the Knights and the Bearcats of Cincinnati. UCF, obviously, they've been... Yeah, they feel disrespected. They're the Rodney Dangerfields of college football. But uh, how about Cincinnati? I mean, Cincinnati's 9-1. and one. Absolutely nobody talking about them. The winner of this game is going to represent the AAC uh, in the uh, conference championship game in two weeks. So uh, Cincinnati, UCF, do we have a live dog here? We do have a live dog here, Rich. But first off, let me just say something about Central Florida. This team's won 22 straight games. Nobody uh, realizes how good this program really is. 
It, it, it's it's you, they are the Rodney Dangerfields of college football. I mean, this is a perfect uh, example of why the playoffs maybe should be expanded to six teams, if not eight teams, because this team deserves to be in the playoffs. Any team that that goes through a season that doesn't lose a game. I don't care who you play, who's on your schedule. Whoever's on your schedule, if you happen to beat them, which Central Florida has been able to do, you, I, I really believe, I don't care if you're a Power 5 conference or not a Power 5 conference, you deserve to go to the playoffs. So this team has been disrespected. And uh, quite frankly, you know, they've done nothing wrong. They beat who they're supposed to beat, they, whoever's on their schedule, like I was saying. Cincinnati, on the, on the other hand, Luke Fickle has done an amazing job with this team. What a turnaround from a 4-8 and eight season last year. They've pretty much outgained every one of their opponents except for their first opponent, which was UCLA. They only got outgained in that game by, I think, two or three yards. They, they've outgained uh, their opponents in, uh, since October on an average of 188 yards a game. That says a lot. Cincinnati plays defense, too. They only give up an average of 15 points a game. I really love the way this team's been playing. They, they don't excite you or wow you with their offense, but they get the job done. I think what it's going to come down to in this game is turnovers. Cincinnati for the year is actually a minus three over on the year on turnovers, where Central Florida's plus 14. If Cincinnati could actually take care of the ball, I think Cincinnati not only covers, but actually does pull the upset and puts the L in the loss column for Central Florida. So I will take the points with Cincinnati in this game, and I, I actually like the under in this game as well, under the 61 points. Bold. Bold, bold, bold uh, prediction. It's like a uh, it's like a play out of your uh, playbook, uh, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the upset victory on you the gotta, road here. If you're taking the dog, you got to take them on the money line. That's I a mean, good point. But UCF, you know, we're talking about a team that's, what, won 22 football games in a row right now? They've and- struggled. They've struggled against Temple. I mean, uh, you know, Navy covered against them. I'm just saying, Navy's 2-7, and 2-8. Yeah. and eight. Well, I think the, the pressure and... Um, the number starts to catch up to you a little bit uh, as well. But I think UCF, I think they have this game circled. This is sort of their improve their ranking statement game. There's always so much criticism as far as their schedule is concerned. I think they're aware that margin of victory, margin of victory doesn't matter for Michigan today. Margin of victory matters every week when you're talking about UCF. I just wonder if Cincinnati run out, if Cincinnati have enough firepower to go back and forth uh, with these guys. Uh, it's, it's an intriguing football game. I'm looking forward. I'll be watching it tonight. Yeah, it really is. Game day in town, a little yeah. extra juice, kind of yeah. like Washington State a few weeks ago, getting ramped up for And I don't ESPN like the comments. I don't like the comments of, um, of uh, the quarterback of UCF talking, well, we're better than Notre Dame. Don't tell me Notre Dame is better than we are, but... As somebody that follows mixed martial arts in a fight game, that's how you get attention. That's how you get people to talk about you. And UCF need people talking about them. And you're going to need to say flamboyant things to get people to talk about you. Fact is, their schedule is just not good enough. And we, we, you, know, you can't compare them to these other teams. As good as they are, you can't compare them to these other teams due to the schedule. Yeah, we'll get into that in, in next segment uh, with UCF because it is an intriguing argument. A lot of people are on both sides of the fence with that. But, Jamie, when you look at some of these other battles, I mean, uh, one intriguing battle, not just from a, a gambling perspective, but just from a game that I'm going to tune into, is TCU-Baylor because Baylor has an opportunity to become bowl eligible. And I like teams that play hard uh, from the start of the year, especially now when they have a chance to become uh, a bowl-eligible team. How much weight do you put into that in terms of backing some of these teams down the stretch? An absolute ton when it comes to that, Joe. You're talking about right now it's crunch time for a lot of these teams. Baylor, like you just said, 
They have five wins on the season, so one more win does put them into a bowl. It means it means so much for a lot of these programs. So you obviously have to take that into consideration, especially when you're betting on these games. You know, obviously that's my business, that's my line of work. I'm looking at a lot of teams today that are that are on that five win threshold that need that one win to push them into the bowls. On the on the flip side, you got a bunch of teams that just won their sixth game, so now they could actually rest easy because they're going to the bowls. They don't have as much to play for, obviously, today. And a lot of those matchups today, there's a bunch of matchups today where you got a six win team that just won their sixth game against a five win or a four win team that's in a must win situation. So you got to take that into some serious consideration when you're putting money on the line on these games and. And, and obviously, there's a lot, a lot of games like that that fit the mold that I'm going to be seriously should watching note, though, and putting, too. putting my, my money on. We should note, guys, and I like the five-win scenarios as well, but we also have to remember the five-win teams aren't very good. That's why they still, they only have five wins right <laughs> That's now. That's why they only have five wins. It's like, yeah, we get a lot. <laughs> this is oh, this team needs this game. Yeah, they need this game because they're not very good. That's why they need the game. It's not like there's some added bonus to it. As we saw with SMU last night, but uh, I digress. <laughs> yes, we did see that with you, SMU. You're, you're right about that, and that was actually not a good situation for me because I actually backed SMU myself. They're terrible. I, I'm not going to be, be, you know, they were awful. I mean, I couldn't believe how bad they were. Play but, calling uh, was There are some terrible. teams. Yes, yes, it was. But there are some teams today that, that are on that five-win threshold that have actually been playing a lot better recently, and I'll give you a, a name to bring out uh, the Tennessee Volunteers are starting to actually look really good. They beat uh, Kentucky last week. They completely destroyed Kentucky on the field last week. And now they're playing Missouri. Missouri's got the six-win syndrome against the five-win Tennessee game. So I'll just throw that one game out there right now. That's a, a, a major matchup. Tennessee Volunteers today getting the points, I think, is a really strong play as well. Jamie, uh, just for our audience, can you tell them uh, the package that you're offering for fans that are looking to uh, place a little investment on college games today? Absolutely, Rich. Uh, again, we got a we got our college underdog game of the year today. We love this game so much. We think this game's going to win outright. The game doesn't win today. You get the rest of the season, including our bowls, which were phenomenal with the bowls. You get that absolutely free on us. So we want you all to call 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website. Join our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Big package today. Big college game. We love this game. And uh it's, uh, we feel it's going to win on the on field outright. We don't even need the points, but might as well take the points just in case. But we do love this game. Jamie, great insight and information as always. We hope you knock it dead today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, and good luck to everyone, and I hope you guys knock it dead as well. Have a great uh, day today, and we'll speak next week. Great insight and analysis from Jamie. I like to get the other side to see what the people in Vegas are back and to see mm-hmm. how they view games because yeah. we we break it down a little bit differently from the football yeah. perspective, player perspective, and it's always good to get that insight from Vegas each and every Saturday. Well, the more perspectives, the better. I mean, you can't operate in a bubble when you're picking games. It's a good idea to get uh, other opinions, different parts of the country, different angles. Uh, whether it's watching film, whether it's watching metrics. I also like that Jamie brought up motivation because yeah. motivation this weekend, next weekend, championship weekend's a different animal. Everybody's motivated on that particular Saturday. But now we're trying to play crack psychologist yeah. and figure out what teams really want it. What teams have something left in the tank? Well, we saw because, Buffalo. Because we flat, know they're gassed at this point. We're both flat this week. Yeah. A lot of times, two teams, they, all, they already know what bowl game they're going to. Right, some teams, you know, let's be real. I it's mean, a new culture, though. That's everything's locked stand. in. 
Everything's locked in, so secretly they know. All right, guys. You're seven and three. You know matter, you're going. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if we win or lose this week. We're going to the Midas Care Bar, you know, bowl, whatever, whatever the hell it is. There. Well, the conference weather sucks. You know, you have more of a motivation to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that into it. It's Tuesday night. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. You do have to play psychologists with these kids at this time of the year. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. When we come back, we'll be talking about Georgia Tech and Virginia. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We are back on college football today. Before we discuss more games, uh, fans, do you want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? And if you don't, you should have your head checked. And if you do, you should try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right. Free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code TG18 to access your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. When I try to make money today, I will be looking at my 12 o'clock best bets. I have three of them, actually. It's kind of a light slate at 12 o'clock, but I have three games. I love Nebraska. Nebraska against Michigan State. Uh, Gabe had mentioned it. Michigan State, he thinks, is out of gas. I agree. Nebraska, you know, no bowl game, but every game going forward is going to really matter this weekend, next weekend against Iowa. I love Nebraska. Love the way they're playing on offense behind Adrian Martinez. How about Minnesota? Minnesota last week really annihilated Purdue big surprise 41 to 10 now their bowl possibilities are alive at 5 and 5 and then you have Northwestern coming in talk about a hangover Northwesterners already wrapped up the Big 10 West they go on the road last week and beat Iowa now they got to go to Minnesota with absolutely nothing to play for banged up team so i like Minnesota and PJ Fleck to get that sixth win and and same theory i like Baylor Baylor's a 5-5 five and five team. We talked about Matt Rule, the importance of Baylor getting to the postseason 5-5. Five and five. T- TCU is completely out of gas. They've had bodies all over the place offensively and defensively. Backup quarterback, key offensive players are out. Baylor needs this game, two-point game. Give me Baylor Bears at 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's uh, that's an intriguing uh, intriguing slate of games there. I mean, I agree with Baylor. I, not one of my best bets. The only thing going to be a stress job that game. That's why I, I'm staying away from. Yeah, it. it's it's a stress. I just want to root for Baylor in that game. I, I just want to root for Matt Rule. I watched that Iowa State game. That was a terrible, terrible call. Matt Rule's. A, you know, I have terrible. nothing against Matt Rule, but I have a hard time uh, rooting for the Baylor program right now. Uh, like they're great guys or something, or at least the. Administrators, nothing against the kids right. on the team. Oh, Rule turned it around, though. I mean, he's more of a blue collar coach. Came from Temple. I, I like what he's doing there. I, I, he's instilling the culture back, and the kids fight hard. I mean, from a football perspective, Gabe. I mean, if you watch the team 
from the start of the game to the end, they're giving it their all. They, they bounce do. back. So from a backing perspective as well, if that's who you're going to back on a, on a given Saturday, give me that team. At least you know you're getting your money's worth. I'm going to take Nebraska. And, you know, there's actually quite a lot of games at, at noon today. Yeah. There's just not a lot of games that I want to bet on at noon. And I'm showing more discipline, or either that or my bankroll just isn't as big as I'd like. So I've really got to pick my spots uh, this afternoon and this morning. But I'm going to pick my spot in Lincoln, Nebraska, with the Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, with an early kickoff uh, here, guys. Uh, they've won three of their last four football games. The one loss was, what, a five-point loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes? A game Covered that, all four of those yeah, games you're referencing, by the way. Averaging 45 points a game during this run. Their offense is coming alive. You want to ride the hot hand. Earlier in the year, Nebraska were a fade team. They weren't ready. They were overhyped. People expected, uh, you know, the old Tom Herman, I don't have a magic wand, right? People, you know, they gave uh, Scott Frost the key to the state. He's starting to get this thing going right now. As far as Michigan State is concerned, it's sort of been just one sort of body blow and disappointing loss after another. I think we can say often that, you know, if you look at the scoreboard, the game was closer than the final score would indicate. Say the same thing against Michigan. Michigan, Michigan State game was pretty close, whatever. They lost by double digits. Well, Ohio State and Michigan State, it was close. Yeah, they ended up losing by uh, by 22 points. You know, they are who they are right now. I just don't think they have the quarterback play, quite frankly, guys. I don't think they have the offensive firepower to trade points with Nebraska here. Nebraska stumbled out of the gate and were embarrassed in their home opener. This is critical that they win their last game. I think they do win their last game and pay back the uh, the very, very loyal and faithful boosters. Look at Michigan State last week, too, against Ohio State. I think that's the blueprint of what we're going to see until the bowl game. Yeah. I mean, this team just doesn't have the weapons any longer. Yeah, I... In that game, I'm staying away. I picked Michigan State. So what's your I concern? Mean, Michigan State is too physical and runs the ball and well, I mean, ball Nebraska possession. gave up 383 rushing yards to Illinois. And look, yeah. at, let's. I, I know they're on a roll, but they beat Minnesota, Bethune-Cookman, covered against Ohio State, and beat Illinois. This is still the number one rush defense in college football. They're going to need to run the football to beat because I don't. I don't have confidence in Lombardi or Lewerke to win the game solely on their arm. So they're going to still need to run the football. And if Illinois rush for three eighty three, this is still a better offensive line than Illinois. So that's the only matchup. I, I don't love the game. But if I had a pick, that's how I would go in that matchup. But we'll see how it plays out. I love Scott Frost, and I love the fact that the kids are playing hard. Another team they could have folded. They could have folded, but they stepped up and made plays, and and they're playing, and they're getting better down the stretch. So we'll see how that game plays out at 12 o'clock. Here's a game I really like. Another team, physical, blue-collar, Virginia. On the road against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has won three of the last five over Virginia, but Virginia did pick up the Tech victory. is the trendy pick today yeah. in the gaming community. Yeah. Feels like, like a like trap Virginia. almost, though. I like Virginia. They won this matchup 40-36 to 36 last year. Physicality on the offensive defensive lines. I think Bryce Perkins is the difference for me, and I like Bronco Mendenhall over Paul DeJong. Paul Johnson in the Yeah, matchup. we're in agreement. I mean, if, I, if I'm if i going to bet against Georgia Tech, I want that kind of a physical, yeah. disciplined defense, someone who has proven in the past that they could stop the triple option. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Duke was a, was a team I really liked because I knew they had the mindset and the personnel to stop that Georgia Tech triple option. I see a similar thing with Virginia. You have the athletic quarterback in Bryce Perkins last week. You kind of had almost a, a bye week. You played Liberty, Liberty, so they had extra time. They, they've been preparing for Georgia we Tech. We left Liberty on the board last week, man. Getting 24, they lost by 21. 
bothers me. I wish I would have taken Liberty plus the points. I just wanted to get that you've out been like chest. yeah, you've been yeah, like Liberty, a Liberty whisperer. I've been on Liberty. A you've lot been a Liberty this whisperer this year. Yeah, yeah. So I literally I followed them pretty closely this year, and I just felt it was a little high at twenty four and a half. They lost by yeah, they're 20, playing yeah. Auburn plus twenty. But they lose 45, 45, 45, Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the, one stat that you might like the over in this matchup. They put up seventy six yes. last week. Yeah. Virginia converting forty eight percent as an offense on third down conversions. Georgia Tech allowing. 49% to opposing offenses. I mean, I think Virginia's going to be able to move the football on, on Georgia Tech. I just have a hard time betting the overs with Tech games yeah. because of the clock ticking. Interesting number that I've discovered here, guys. The home team is 18-4-1 against the spread in this series. Wow. That doesn't scare me, though, in that game. That, for some, I just think it's a different Virginia team. If you've watched them, Mendenhall, year number two, they're 7-3, getting better quarterback play, and I don't put a lot of weight into that loss against Pittsburgh. I agree, Joe. I like to take the 6.5. You yeah. notice in these ACC games, we get these spreads a lot like this. It's five now, though. And I then think. suddenly I think people... Remember, like, everyone loved, like, likes Duke all the time. Yeah. Duke is a dog. Duke is a dog. Suddenly, Duke's a 7.5. They don't cover. Right. It's a weird conference, the ACC. There's a lot of parity. Oh, in there is conference. parity. After, yeah. after Clemson, all you have yeah. is parity. And I, no, think, right. I mean, you have about like, seven or eight teams that you are, really are essentially interchangeable. It's a tough conference to bet on because of it. See, I don't know what you're going to get. I don't North, know North, Carolina, North Carolina's been yeah. covering at times, right? Yeah. They yeah, North Carolina up. can yeah. show up one week, and you don't right. see teams in ACC. One week, they'll score 52 points, and you're like, man, their offense is great. Next week, they score nine. It's it's a very up-and-down conference. It's, the it's only thing one. you can count on is Clemson to win and BC to run the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's about all I can count on in the ACC. I mean, I like Virginia here. We'll see how it plays out. They have the better quarterback, and if they have to pass to come from behind, I have more confidence in Virginia than I do Georgia Tech. The with, one thing with, worth with noting offense. is the Yellow Jackets, to my surprise, I'm not a Paul right. Johnson fan, and, and I think it's time for uh, Georgia Tech to, to turn the page, move into the 21st century, get a – get a pro style coach, offense yeah. and a different coach, but they have played well. Now I'm on Virginia today, but Georgia tech three game yes. winning streak, couple of those wins on the road. It's we a were, team that's yeah, we were wrong about Miami. They stepped up. Yes. They won the tur- turnover yeah, yeah. battle. I agree with that. I mean, Reggie ball was the last time they had a quarterback uh, at Georgia tech. I mean, that could actually challenge defenses vertically. Calvin Johnson got honored last week. I think that I, I think and listen, that was uh, game. Virginia's still in the mix yeah. for the coastal. I mean, the coastal, much like the parody talk that we had, coastal's wide open. Everybody watching, so Pitt. confusing, isn't everybody still in the mix? Everybody wants to know what Pitt's doing. You know, yeah. Pitt is the weather vane yeah. for the coastal, which tells and you Pitt, all, all you need to know. Pitt plays Wake Forest today. Not an easy game. That could be a, game. Could be yeah. a trap. You, yeah. you tell you, uh, Jamie brought it up too. Teams that sort of accomplish their goal, right? Pitt, Pitt's been through quite a, a grind this year. The last few years, actually. A lot of emotional games. They really had their sights set on making sure that they got to a bowl game this year. They've accomplished that right now. Is there a little bit of a letdown coming? And Pitt's another team that you get the feeling they can play. I'm not going to say with anybody. and They can't play with Alabama, or et cetera. But, you know, they, you get the feeling like Pitt can play with anybody sometimes, and then they can lose to anybody at times. Very symbolic that, of uh, that of conference. The, of the ACC? I like, the, I like yeah. them better as an underdog than I do as a favorite, even though they covered That's why I think it could be a trap. Yeah. Uh, that, that could be a trap game at 12 like, o'clock. Like, we'd say Syracuse is the second-best team in this conference, right? I mean, yeah. you are what your record says you are. Right. Well, here's a Who team. else would challenge Syracuse to be the second-best team? NC State were supposed to be that nah, team, but that know. was hollow. Yeah. 
NC State, yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Doran's teams often are hollow. Yeah. I hate to say yeah. it. But hot they, and cold. They're hot and cold. Dor- Doran beats Empty up. Empty calories. Yes. Early starts, 5-0, and 5-1 and one every year. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Where do you end James up? James Madison, you beat Old Dominion. You know, yeah. that, that, that's what he does. He, he beefs up on crappy non-conference and too, schedules. Um, and I don't want to criticize a kid, and I don't know. I'm not an NFL scout, but Finley's stock has been dropping over the last month or so. A yeah, lot. I don't think he's elite. But I, I still think he's a solid quarterback. I don't think he's elite. I don't, I don't think you put him in the same category as Will Gear, I think he's a backup Harper. quarterback in the NFL. He'll he's be, not a starting quarterback. He'll be yet. where Mason Rudolph was last year. Exactly. Second-round type quarterback. You're like, you know, we didn't get one of the blue chippers. We didn't get the first rounder. But that Finley kid, someday we could develop but, him into a starter. But, but Gabe, if, if our quarterbacks, if Nate Peterman for you and Brock Osweiler can make it in the league, and I mean, and what I mean make it, start. Yeah, start on him. Right? Finley, you would say, all right, I'd give this kid a Isn't chance. it amazing with 350 million people in America that we can't find 32, uh, both of our teams? 32 guys that can play quarterback? I know. Joe Webb's 32. still in the league. That, that shocks me. Joe Webb. I, and he was a great you know, quarterback at UAB. But Nate I mean, Peterman will be back. He'll be with somebody. Nate Peterman will get signed somewhere. Yeah. Do we, ha- do we have more quality NFL quarterbacks in the United States or more quality senators? What do you think? Uh, we're going to get into this discussion. Quarterbacks. <laughs> quarterbacks. More yeah, quarterbacks than quarterbacks, senators. Yeah. Well, yeah. And senators, you got got 100 of them, so you would think they'd, they'd have the edge. Yeah. I'd even don't. throw in the uh, the congressman, which is what, like 523? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah still yeah, quarterbacks. Still, still, still quarterbacks. 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 <laughs> yeah, you got, you got, yeah, there's like 15, 20 decent guys out there. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like, uh, look at Tannehill, a good example. Wide receiver at college. Turned into a quarterback. Drafted too high. He was always just a great athlete, not a great quarterback. And now your fish actually have a decision to make because he's cut uh, everybody. That's what I yeah. want. Cut everyone. Cut Osweiler. Cut Tanny Hill. I don't know, like this quarterback everyone. class, though, guys. Yeah. To, to, to turn it into a college back to college here is that I, I'm, I'm not seeing, I could be wrong. I'm not seeing any one of these college quarterbacks as an impact NFL guy, including Justin I mean, Herbert, yeah, who no. I think is being overrated over-hyped. right now. He I is being overhyped. All right. You have your class this year. It doesn't mean these guys are saviors. Jared Stidham ain't saving an NFL team, guys. He's not. Herbert's overrated. Yeah, he looks the part. He throws a good football. Yeah, you know who guys. You know who the best NFL quarterback is right now in college football? It's Trevor Lawrence. But but you're not going to get him for another no, you're two not years. Get, I mean, coming out though in this draft, I mean, 59 percent the Giants. And you're not a, you're not a massive top. Drew Locke guy, right? No. No, and but, Drew, but Drew Locke's stock is the he's sort of climbing right now. The Giants went down to Utah to watch. Oregon get blown out by Utah. I mean, they 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 lost that game. They were up. They gave it away to Jason Shelley and the crew, and lost that matchup thirty two to twenty five. And the Giants want to be all in with Justin Herbert. We'll see how. What it about plays Tyree out. Jackson? Listen, we're in a, we're in a new era right now. I think we see with Mahomes. I think the the old remember before it's like a system quarterback. System, yeah, system quarterback. I think the old system quarterback might be in vogue. Somewhere. I'll tell you the guy. I'll tell you the guy you could build. We didn't mention him. The guy you could build a franchise around, I believe, talking system is Will Greer. I, I think yeah. Will, Will Greer, for me, is the closest quarterback in this class. That a that guy like a Kyle you, Shanahan would say, all right, I can work with this Exactly. Guy. Yeah. And you could win games. He, and you he could can build. make the NFL throws. He's mobile enough, right? Yeah. You need to be mobile in today's NFL. He would be the Mahomes you comparison. You pocket presence. Yes, like, yes. like an Aaron Rodgers. No, no, you don't need to be a subscriber, yeah, right. but yeah. yeah. You know, you see the way the pocket collapses right. on Eli Manning Eli, and the old guys. You can't Eli's, do that anymore. That's why he's horrible. But, yeah, I mean, when we break down the college game, speaking of Utah, Jason 
Jason Shelley yeah. on the road against Colorado. Talk about I a team look, that plunged yeah. from from empty calories from oh. five and zero oh to where they are yeah. now. But but Mike McIntyre on the way out at the end of the year, they've lost five straight. I think they're a live dog here. I really do. Colorado only given up 149 rushing yards per game. Utah's won four of the last five by 9.3 points per game, but only converted 25 percent of their third downs. Freshman quarterback on the road in Boulder. Give me the points with Colorado in this matchup. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair assessment. I know where you're going with it. My concern is I, I don't know what the head of Colorado is right now. Because of what you mentioned with McIntyre, you know, the disruption yeah. with his future in Boulder. Will he be the head coach next year? Is he on his way out? He hasn't been fired yet. He's claiming that he hasn't been fired there's yet. A, the report has surfaced. That yeah, he's, and uh, I yeah. think there's, you know, where there's where there's smoke, there's fire when it comes to coaches this time of year. I, I think you're on to something. Utah still has a lot to play for. My concern is that young quarterback, that young running back, Armand Shine, replacing Zach Moss, ran well against Oregon, but now you have to go on the road. Not the toughest road environment to go to Folsom Field. I would be concerned about this game if I if I had to lay money on it. I'd probably take Colorado as well. Yeah, I like I like the over two game here. All right, speaking of Pac-12 action, uh, we got a, a main man James Ross, our regular view of the show. Shout out to James. A lot of uh, regular viewers of the Fantasy Sports Network here. We appreciate you guys tuning in to college football today. Just throwing out there, these guys are all talking about Army and Colgate. Man, we got we got some uh, hardcore uh, hardcore uh, dudes. Uh, in the chat here, but getting a couple of games we didn't get to. My Michigan Wolverines against Indiana. We'll get to that a little bit later on, which I think it could be not a flat spot for Michigan, but Michigan doesn't need to win by 29 points to move on. And how about, uh, let's call it the desperation bowl between USC and uh, UCLA. I don't know, man. If Clay Helton wins, does he still save his job anyways? But I think the USC Trojans win this game. I think it depends what Lynn Swan can get at this point. I mean, I, I don't know. Can, can you get a Kyle Whittingham from it, well, Utah? Del Rio supposed to be yeah, the Del next Rio thing. could make sense. Campbell? Yeah, nah, I don't not, know if he, I don't know if he fits in at LA. I don't think that's his person. He's a Midwest guy. Yeah, well, I don't know about start that. thinking outside the box. <laughs> I don't know if I would think in that direction. I don't know if he would fit at USC. See, here's the thing about you. So who, no, but I don't even know who there is out there. Like what, who, for USC? Yeah, who does fit? You know what I mean? They're going to go with Jack D. I, I think Del Rio would no, be an interesting pick. Why, though? Is it, what, a retread NFL coach because he went there 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, for USC, I mean, it's it's hard. Kyle it, it Whittingham, really I, I would take a look at, Listen, at Utah. you, me, and Joe could recruit that. See, I would want Recruiting's a guy like... not the issue. I would want a guy like Josh McDaniels. I would take an NFL assistant, offensive coordinator. But a guy that buys in... I mean, this team does not make halftime adjustments. They don't adjust when He's the game He's a terrible coach, with all due well, respect. He is. He is. I agree with you. I mean, but when he you never, get, He's in over his head. He's in over his head, in and the over kids have not come prepared. And that's the one thing. I'll throw two teams in there. USC, Florida State, you're dead to me. because Not because they <laughs> lost. No, but because they don't try. It's one thing to play the game. It's another thing. Don't they, they get up against their quarters? L.A. rivals? I, I like yeah, I would think so. This is an ultimate disgrace. I, I, I if they lose to this UCLA team, you fight, they, they get fired on the spot. Yeah. And well, also, you look at the kids in the mirror, too. We'll talk about that on the next break. Keep it where it is.